0: Hello, and welcome to the Two Ball Brothers and a Microphone podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan, and I'm here with Tommy Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Danny. Wonderful. T- Today is... It's nice fall. to yes. see sun. Yes, it is. No, it's, we, it it's, it's, the
1: monsoons might be over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: your garden needs both water and sun, right? Yes. yes. Two very vital, important. Got a lot of busted tomatoes in the garden.
1: <laughs> All that rain. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Is that what happens? Is yeah, that what the say? skins burst, yeah. Sorry, this is not the Iron Mountain Organics podcast. I'll let you get back to it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. That's
0: fine. I really enjoyed our last conversation. I yeah, think that, that was good. It it's, um, was was nice. I think um, it was an, it was neat just talking about sort of uh, the idea of getting behind why you're doing something. So it was a good deviation. But I wanted to get back to um, the book that we're reading in our book club, which is the Satya Nadella book uh, called Hit Refresh. And we covered... Um, the beginning part of the book through chapter one, and I today I'd wanted to go through and do um, the next two chapters, and I picked out uh, a couple of key things that um, hopefully will lead into some conversation between you and I. Um, the the in chapter two, um, it's a chapter called "Learning to Lead," and he brings up um, in one part of the the chapter that um, there are three stories that he. He said that they speak very directly to business and leadership principles that he uses even today as CEO. And the first principle is to comp- uh, compete vigorously with passion in the face of uncertainty and intimidation. So, um, you know, it's it's uh, even when it looks like things are dire to go ahead and, and to go after it with passion. and. Um, I think for you and I, we have lots of discussions about persistence and the importance of persistence and, and, um, and moving ahead even when there is uncertainty uh, in, in what we're doing. And uh, I think especially from a leadership standpoint, um, I think there's some people you can share with about uh, questions about what you're doing next, but then when you're leading a group of people, they want to feel confident in what you're going after as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. That persistence is very key. I think it's um, a component that you need to have as a a business owner, um, as a leader, is without that persistence, um, you're not going to survive because you're going to have the ups and downs and, Mm -hmm. and you need to stick to the story of what your company is about. It's easy to panic and scramble for things and Sometimes you have to um, suffer some short-term loss, mm-hmm. um, but overall, um, you know, sticking to your story allows the the long-term health. I think of an organization. The
0: second one was a story about um, the principle of the importance of putting your team first. I think for us, this is uh, where humble confidence, where we talk about that quite a bit and you know putting others in front of yourself i think uh, with the value of teamwork that's important for this but um just like how yeah the story is basically some guy was very talented but it screwed up the situation <laughs> and um how i think for us it becomes we recognize it where we're in a unique position as a consultant that if we come into this environment and we act like we know it all that we could actually make the situation worse and we're not coming up with the the best solution for the client, we have to come in with a um, listening and really trying to f- reflect on what they're doing, and not act like, not provide a, a an environment of intimidation where we know everything and you don't, and um, and also within the the culture of Three Will where people feel confident to ask questions and um,
1: and how important that is. Yeah, and, and I think that is been important for us is great creating the greater team not just the team that's the three will folks that make up a project but looking at the overall team and making the client as a team member for that effort and and doing things like retrospectives mm-hmm. um, we do that with our our customers and it's almost become a uh, a standard practice that we include in every sprint review which is technically you don't need to or maybe you shouldn't have retrospectives every single sprint review um, but we value it so much to make sure we stay on track to the expectations and to make the the small adjustments that a team needs to recognize um, along the way and that that could be things that are going well that you need to reaffirm that, yes, we like this, let's continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is doesn't seem to be making sense and, and it might not come up in any other form except for let's stop and do a retrospective. Let's look at what we should stop doing or start doing that is going to make the project better. And then I, I think we br- bring that beyond the project into the leadership of the company where we have what we call leadership reviews, and that is taking the key stakeholders, uh, maybe even business sponsors that are not in the project day-to-day, and have that heart-to-heart um, maybe once a month on a project that lasts three months or four months and say, are we happy with where things are going? Let's look mm-hmm. at the status of things and let's make decisions as leaders. Um to make sure we can support the team that's implementing the project that we're breaking down the barriers to success and we're 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 really making sure we um address systemic issues mm-hmm. that um maybe can't be taken care of in a daily stand up or a sprint review awesome. The third story he has is
0: about um w- w- essentially coming in and um Making it, getting into a situation where he needed to give him his confidence back and something where uh, even though maybe optimized for that day, he would have made a different decision. He recognized over the course of the season that he needed to, um, to be effective the entire season and he was empathetic to a situation so he maybe wasn't optimized on that day but gave him the chance to build his confidence back and how important that is. Um. The next part that I wanted to go through was about in the learning to lead where the four essential skills to um, building an online cloud-based business, um, you know, him recognizing that in order for him to lead that he was going to be taking them to a, a different place than they had been before. Um, and some of the things that he picked up, and I think uh, uh, part of this is just his transition over to um, uh, to focusing in on. He was leading up the, the um, things with Bing and what he had learned with transitioning over to uh, a different type of business. The first was he, he you know he knew a lot about uh, distributed computing systems, but he had to relearn things because of the cloud. So he had to basically you know let go of a lot of the things that he. Had traditionally picked up and be willing to understand a new type of business he's
1: willing to do JavaScript yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: move over to subscription and instead of getting paid big money and large sums is moving over to subscription stuff as well I'm sure that was part of it as well right mm-hmm. and then the second part of this is he had to um, you know, become great at consumer product design so they had to really understand how could they um they needed to take care of two sides of the business the business of advertising along with the business of attracting c- consumers as well and that sort of gets into the next part of this the eco- the economics of a new online business the one side are the consumers who go for great search results and the other side are the advertisers who want their businesses to be found um it's interesting with this because i sort of He's talking about learning to lead and he's getting into, an, uh, you know, basically getting into Google's business. Right. And having to the situation of having to lead in an area that where they're coming in as second place. Right. And um, how many times does Microsoft, um, you know, where they're coming into a situation, the, the traditional thing for Microsoft has been if they see an opportunity for a billion dollar business, they'll go after it. But if it's not that way, they're not. So they'll let other other people go after things, but as soon as they find a business worth going after, they go after themselves. And I, that's a little. It's that from, you know, is that um, does that excite me? No, because <laughs> you want somebody you know creating these new economic models and coming in and not trying to reverse engineer what someone else has done. But I think is is sort of the it's the nature of. Um, Microsoft's business
1: yeah I think it is trying to commoditize things that become um, enterprise needs Mm -hmm. and so and that 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 speaks to the scale of you know what is the business opportunity Mm -hmm. and doing it in a way that promotes a partner community that there's you know we're we're going to go after the big things, we'll create the frameworks and yeah. come with us and we're, we can, you know, address this market and, and um, do it with enterprises that have confidence that we're there for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's a certain amount of enterprise that needs to be able to support legacy and have a predictable path of life cycle and sometimes that is counter, um, that's counter counter to innovation. I mean, sometimes innovation is there's a lot of pivoting. There's a lot of leaving things behind. Mm-hmm. You know, people complain about some of the things with Google where they start something and then they, they let it die and don't support it. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it harder for, say, the enterprise to say, I'm going to, you know, um, pick this and I have confidence that there's going to be support for it, mm-hmm. that there is a life cycle that Microsoft has some or my software vendor of choice has a, um, you know, a standard plan for sunsetting something mm-hmm. that you know 10 years after it's announced, that's when I have to be off it and I've got the time to do that versus uh, there's no announcement and it just totally gets dropped yeah um, now you know Microsoft will put a lot of competing strategies like we see with to do mm-hmm. um, and other task management or wiki management, all those things but there is at least a subset of those that there is a backing you know after it gets its initial traction that Microsoft is behind that. So mm-hmm. I, I think that is um, in a sense a burden. To, uh, that can get in the way of um, trying to create something new and innovative, because I think that new and innovative requires a lot of failure, a lot mm-hmm. of trying and failing, trying and failing. Um, so um, I, I don't look at Microsoft as necessarily being innovative, but when you see things like um, HoloLens, you see things even like a Teams, mm-hmm. you say, wow, that's nice, it's nice, it's refreshing to see something that is you know, out there trying to blaze a trail. Now, Teams is not necessarily like that. I think Teams has been more of a surprise of getting it right early with software. Um, HoloLens is more of, okay, there's not a market yet there, um, but we want to be one of the first versus waiting and jumping in a, a lot later. Like mm-hmm. like cloud, mm-hmm. um, they're not first in cloud. You know, you got Amazon, you got Salesforce, you have got Google. Those are all you know all were mature cloud companies before Microsoft got involved. But in the augmented reality, mixed reality, um, those are things I think Microsoft is trying to chip away at um, early. I think some of the things are, um, you're
0: hitting on are. Um, are important because I think the, the idea of we're not going to be um, developing things and dropping them, developing and dropping them, has to do with trust. Like, can I trust this company that I bet? That, That's right. That, I think that, that, that um, and, and you could, I, I could probably sit on both sides of the fence with this and say, you know, I think they their overall ambition is to be a trustworthy company so that when they go out with a product, they stick with it, and I think they, their goal is to, um, if they go out into mature markets, then there's a higher probability that that will stick around. Like even, I mean, you mentioned Teams, it's a reaction to Slack. I mean, there's, uh, each of the sort of the different businesses that you look at for them, they're... they're um, and, uh, they've and they let the market mature let the market before mature they jumped in. Before they jumped to it. And then either they've tried to acquire it, and if they couldn't acquire it, they tried to do it themselves. And so... Um, and so I, I think that that's their 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 model is looking at seeing which which um, which types of applications or which types of platforms are maturing, and then going after it, and yeah, commoditizing it. I guess going out, having an alternative out there to what's and it's it's good for competition for there to be two or three players that. Um, where you do see people pushing each other, um, especially the the larger organizations, um, right now I would say more and more. Like when we were reading through this, I think we all sort of were talking about sort of the where is computing today and what's coming next. I think we're we're st- I'm starting to see how much I'm involved with voice. I mean, I I was driving in this morning and you know adding to dos to my to do list on the. Um, on the car ride in and then do, setting up reminders and doing and interacting with my computer all through the voice and, um, and just sort of seeing, well, that's, that's part of what's coming. Um, and then it's the hollow lens, I think they're trying to get a, ahead of what's in get, you know, get, what is the next thing that's coming after this? Um, and it's interesting. I still, it's just, it's fascinating for me to see, I wonder. I'd, I would have loved to have been in on the conversations. I think with some of this, where they did drop Windows Phone, because uh, that that was a that that. Um, I mean, I think there were a lot of people who want want to have a third alternative to Android and iOS, and having something else out there. Um, yeah, it was interesting to to see that because I see them also, uh, you know. Where mobile is so important to them, I guess they look resource-wise. Let's just get the software on all these devices, uh, and consolidate and really focus in on that. And then, but then I think recently I've seen you know there's the new the announcements for. Like the Surface Go, which is a really – it's getting small. <laughs> right. The devices are getting smaller and smaller. And um, there's a point in which you, you're you're seeing them actually go back after, I think, what they uh, originally had not mm-hmm. tried, tried mm-hmm. to go after. Um, I just really – I want them – you know, with our business and collaboration, productivity, I want to see them like, really nail that and focus in on that. Because it's just – it's a – it it has to do with their mission, which is empowering people, and I understand they need to, the all the hardware things get them into probably pushing where devices are going, but um, all right, I'm I'm gonna jump off my soapbox here, but I think I think this is it's interesting to see where they stand, and again, yeah, you're absolutely right with going after mature markets with a partner ecosystem, and that partner ecosystem brings the last twenty percent to a solution this is the same this is very much in microsoft's dna and has been that way for a long time so how do they apply that model to to new mature marketplaces out there so i know um i want to jump in and i want to hit one section of uh the next chapter which is chapter three and i'm going to read this out to you and let's just have a a nice little conversation about this and then and then and wrap this this baby up He says, this is on 76, page 76, he says, I became convinced that the new CEO of Microsoft needed to do several things very well right away during the first year. Um, And I've got a nice little bulleted list here of things he wanted to go after during the first year. First is to communicate clearly and regularly our sense of mission, worldview, and business and innovation ambitions. The second is to drive cultural change From top to bottom and get it right, get the right team in the right place. The next is to build new and surprising partnerships. He definitely did that, in which we can grow the pie and delight customers. Be ready to catch the next wave of innovation. I think this is getting into some of the things we're just talking about. Um, Next wave of innovation and platform shifts reframe our opportunity for a mobile and cloud first world and drive our execution with urgency then the last one is stand for timeless values and restore productivity and economic
1: growth for everyone yeah that middle one <clears throat> we're getting the right people and it reminded me good to great you know getting the right people on the bus mm-hmm. um, Know, s- surrounding yourself with uh, the right leadership that creates the balance that you need um, mm-hmm. to, you know, power the organization. And I think that's key. We're, we're constantly trying to look at that and um, have the right balance of ideas and, and talents and strengths. Um,
0: would have been interesting to hear him... Um, Cause that this sort of level with each one of those is to drive down to the next level so like what am i doing to do this you know to because to, you can have like these objectives but then the objectives need to be broken down into strategies or, and tactics how strategies yeah. and taxes and things that you can go and do i mean they're actionable things um uh you know for um you know for us with the 40x stuff what are the lead measures how can he you know, if I'm doing this, what are the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day basis to drive cultural change from the top to bottom, get the right team in the right place? I mean, there's like, what am I doing to, in order to do that? That's the hard work, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's,
0: the, <laughs> that's, the, that's the difficult part of this. But I think if I reflect on these things, I think I, this, this list does not surprise me, which means he did a pretty good job. Like this wasn't a list of things that i uh, reading through them as far as what he wanted to do during the first year. I I was, I mean, the thing that jumped out right to, m- out to me was these new and surprising partnerships and, um, and, you know, the platform shift, you know, trying to reframe what our opportunity, the whole move of any device, anywhere, anytime, that was a, that was a, Definitely, uh, uh, he had to frame that up. And we saw through the years, I think we saw different examples of them, him showing up to a meeting and saying, My iPhone, I think floored some people to see that. I think him, you know, we saw it like with him at the Salesforce. Salesforce conference where he's there, you know, in the middle of this conference that, you know, in seeing that he's trying new different partnerships, where they end up, who knows. And how they are today, <laughs> who knows? Um, but you definitely, I mean, I think he he tried to, you know, he's trying new things with that and definitely did try new things. And I think people were excited about that. I saw a lot of people inside of having um, private conversations with Microsoft people where there were a lot of people who were excited to be at the company.
1: That's good. Yeah. That's good to hear.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. They were excited to have him as the leader. I think that was because he's really mixing important. things up. So he is I mean, mixing. Some
1: people are probably not excited, but it's good to see the yeah. majority are. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, we've gotten through chapter two and three. We'll pick back up uh, next time, unless something else comes up. Um, unless we want to talk about the garden again or something. Maybe you get the next batch of logos. We could talk about that again. Any Tesla tips from recently? Anything well, come up? you know, I
1: got all excited this morning. There was a, a software update. Oh. Um, I ran the update and it was nothing in the, they give you uh, a recap of release notes. And uh-huh. the release notes said minor, you know, updates and, and fixes. It didn't have
0: anything about that Elon wanted to buy back your No, car that wasn't from, an update. He wanted to buy uh, back your car. <laughs> <laughs> That,
1: that, that guy mixes it up in all different ways, doesn't, um, he, doesn't he? Yeah, that you know. One of the things that it did show, I, it kind of reminded me of the last update. And the last update had um, speed limit control. Um, it has no fun. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's got a valet mode that will allow you to control the speed limit and move it from standard acceleration to chill. That's the the mode. So if you have it in valet mode, you punch it, it just slowly comes up to speed. (laughs) So you don't see that Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, scene where the guy takes off in the valet and... um, you know, jumps hills, but, uh, yeah, it, it had some neat updates. Um, my favorite valet
0: story about me is that I learned to drive a stick shift, uh, when I started valeting that he never asked me if I could drive. A yeah. Stick shift.
1: <laughs> Austin's been experiencing that he's in his last days of, of, valet life. Yeah. And, um, he hashtag valet life. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you know, as, Went into Maserati, I think, just yesterday, and, and he says it's, it creates a, an interesting challenge. Every time you get into the car, you're trying to figure out, how does the car start? Because you have all these different ways to start a car today. It's not just keys anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he says that's kind of fun to figure that out each time. Um, one of the features that's in there that was in the last update is cabin overheat protection. So it within 12 hours of stopping the car, um, it will keep the temperature below 105. So it's kind of interesting feature. Um, I haven't kind of dug into it to see why they have that. I think one, it, it keeps the car cool and there's less kind of damage due to heat mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. the car. Of, Things cracking and stuff like that because yeah. of the heat. Yeah. Too, I see it as a safety feature for if you have children or a ki- and or you leave pets. a child or pets. Yeah. You know, not that you intentionally leave a child in the car, yeah. but what happens when a child is left in the car mm-hmm. is they die of heat exhaustion. Yeah. Um, this you know could be a lifesaver for some kids that someone leaves a kid in the car, forgets about that, and then at the end of the day. They go in there, and they just have a hungry, angry child versus um, 12 hours later. (laughs) After a meth-induced bender, (laughs) Um, you get into your
0: your desk and realize your child's still there. All right. Thank you. I hope everybody in uh, Fulton County D.F.A.C.S. and Forsyth County D.F.A.C.S. are doing great. It's not like we would do this to our children. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, there's stuff in the news where people accidentally. Well, and leave I think it's more car. in a, I think it's
1: a key feature for yeah. pets yeah. so pet people yeah. Yeah. Um, can, you know, they know that I don't have to remember to turn on the air when I leave or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it has that uh, overheat protection. Common people just uh, crack the windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you what know? if it's raining? Oh, it's great. Then they get a. Common people have, don't have cars who so they really care about. Everybody gets in the car. You know? <laughs> That's Forsyth County, not Fulham County. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hashtag
0: Hick Life um, All right, well, let's wrap it up before I get into trouble here. I appreciate you doing this, Tom. Sure, Danny. Thanks, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.